You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Under the Gun, episode three. This one is Red Carpet Showdown. And I just have to say, I was loving this episode tonight. Um, I'm your host, Virginia Reina Dunn. And with me tonight is our resident in-house model, Amanda Fields. Hi guys. And we have a very special guest tonight, professional wrestler, the hobo. I know, I know you're asking yourself, what is a professional wrestler doing on an Under the Gun wrap-up show? I get it. But here's the thing. I make all my own gear. I make several coats. I started and each one becomes more elaborate than the next. I love I love fringe. Do you notice? I, I'm like maybe the best wrestler to have on here because I actually sew. I take needle and thread and I make fantastic things. We love it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here with us, Hobo. Well, thanks for letting me on here. I, I know you both are fairly sketchy, or maybe your wallet may go missing tonight, but I can guarantee if it does, it wasn't me. Awesome. Okay, so we are just going to get right into it tonight because this was just an amazing episode. I am so glad Project Runway kind of switched to this format because it was just nonstop fun. Yes, I liked how they brought all the designers on the tour bus. Yep. around Hollywood. So it was red carpet glamour, and they really wanted to sort of educate the designers and have a little bit of fun and show them around Hollywood. Yeah, because a lot of them are coming from, you know, not L.A. So, you know, you want to see the Hollywood sign. You <laughs> not all, L.A. <laughs> well, not L.A. You know what I'm saying. Because well, we're, I mean, we're all here. You take yeah. those things for granted. But when people come here, that's what they want to see. They want to see the Hollywood sign. They want to see uh, Rodeo Drive. They want to see all that. <laughs> that's where you get your inspiration for all your costumes. Absolutely. I walk down and I, I look in the windows. I, I'm not allowed in, but I, I look at the windows. Yep. Nice. Well, right before the challenge gets started, um, Xander Roberts Rossi, who is the senior editor-in-chief for Marie Claire, shows up with Tim and kind of tells them that they're going to be shown all over the city and that they should be inspired by the glamour of Hollywood because they are creating a red carpet look that should be dynamic and eye-catching. So they have one day and $200. So right off the bat, I'm thinking red carpet has such a different... I mean, there's just so many different ways you can go with red carpet. There's, like, super, super elegant, like you always see at the Oscars. And then there's, like, the Grammys, where it's kind of a little bit more all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Grammys is the kind of red carpet where you can see a lot of mini skirts, maybe some uh, jumpsuits and, well, pants and tops and just bare midriffs and who knows. But I, I still prefer the gown. I mean, there's ways to make an evening gown more modern and edgy. And I think we see some of that on the red carpet, especially this year at the Grammys. But I think, um, especially on MTV Awards red carpet, you can really push the envelope a little bit more. 
as opposed to the Oscars. Yeah, but I mean, even, the, I mean, there's so many different types of red carpet, even here in LA. I mean, there's a movie premiere every night of the week where people just show up in, you know, jeans and heels and a t-shirt and they still look stylish. So, you know, it's kind of, everybody has their own definition of red carpet. And so, you know, that's kind of what they're supposed to show what their style is on the red carpet. So I was really excited about this challenge because, you know, it's Hollywood. They're, they're all here to, you know, live that little dream out. So they have 30 minutes to sketch. And right away we see as soon as the tour ends, they're already on the bus sketching. Yes. And, and uh, more to you, your point, what you were saying, I think a lot of designers, it's their dream to dress a celebrity on the red carpet. Whether it's for a movie premiere or an album release or a magazine party or some anything. I mean, just to get your clothes on a celebrity at all is like a huge accomplishment for any designer. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what everybody wants. But generally, when you're doing that sort of thing, you aren't under the time constraints that these people are. Yeah, have you ever made an outfit in a day? No, I never have. I, I had a, my most recent jacket actually took me a year to complete. Oh, wow. A year? Because it had so many facets, and I, I ended up going with one idea. And then that idea really didn't work, so I had to switch gears and went <laughs> in a completely different direction. And these people are having to work with, with very little, mm -hmm. whereas professionals, you know, they have a lot of time on their hands. They get to work with the celebrities that they're fitting and all that, and these people have, have none of that. It's it's a a lot more stressful, I'd have to say. Yeah, and all so all of your pieces seem to be like one of a kind couture, handmade pieces. I, I guess you could say that. I never thought of that before. Maybe I can make them for other people and start charging. Maybe you could. Maybe. Have, have you ever had any of your wrestler competitors ask you for you know some pieces? Uh, actually, yeah. I mean. A few people come up and they, they always look at my stuff and go, wow, how, how did you come up with this? How did you think of this? And I, I much like the competitors on this show, or, and you know, I'm inspired by what I just see around me. There's nothing, there's nothing really concrete that I can point to, but each piece has an individual inspiration to it. And you can see it a lot with these competitors. Each one is inspired by something different. Some of the, the architecture, the geometry of what they see, and some of the, the jewelry that uh, they see in the shops. I mean, it could be anything. It could be an inspiration uh, for a designer. That's true. And so we, we see that they have 30 minutes to sketch their design ideas for this challenge. And right away, we see that some of the mentors are a little bit more hands-on than the others. Some, Na some namely, namely Nick. Nick it sort of jumps right in and almost wants to be like a co-designer collaborator instead of a mentor. So he sort of, you know, doesn't understand right away what the mentor should be doing. And he's really, um, as the show portrays, really just... Going I mean, a little too far with the designers. He, he doesn't have boundaries. He doesn't. He doesn't understand <laughs> his, what his role should be and where he should limit his role in in these designers. And I think you know that's probably really hard for a designer, you know, to go from designing your own pieces to helping other people without, you know, just jumping right in there. And because you know he he struggles with it because he is a or he is a teacher and so mm -hmm. as a teacher you know like you were taught to especially at Fitum because that's where I went um, you know the teachers always want to get right in there with you and help you any way they can as opposed to like 
taking a step back. And, you know, we see several times throughout the night that, you know, everybody is not only getting frustrated with him, but has to really tell him, hey, that's not your job here to win the competition. Your job is to coach these, you know, these young designers. And so, I don't know, I appreciate it. I I love the storyline twist that it's taking. It's very (laughs) comical. I like that they even mentioned that it almost seemed like Nick was sort of having them design for his line. Right. It was like he took them aside and said, yeah, I like these ideas, but maybe you can drape it like this, and maybe you can cut the pattern like this. And, I mean, he was even on the floor helping the designers cut patterns. He was he was hands-on with the the dresses on the mannequins. Or would, what would you call it, a dress form? Yeah, he was, you know, draping the dress forms right there. And, you know, and then we see a cut across where Mondo is saying, you know, he's trying to prove himself. But, you know, I, like, I don't understand. Maybe it's because, you know, he has been this educator. He wants to be the best mentor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we see, like, looking back onto how Tim has always been this great mentor, you know, Tim just takes a step back and really does, like, a mental thing. Like, he says, is this how you would like it to be? Or, you know, is that place in the right place? Whereas, you know, Nick just goes right in there and just changes it all up. Yeah, and I think I think you made a good point because Tim Gunn, well, he's been doing this now for so, like, nine years. Uh, well, on Project Runway and Under the Gun. But even before that, he worked with Parsons School of Design in New York. So he was he had a lot of years of experience before going on to Project Runway. And I think, you know, as a mentor... You know, we've seen how great he can be with the designers, and you just have to take a step back and ask the questions that would inspire the designers to move to the next level with their work and sort of say, okay, how are you dressing this woman? Who is this woman? Um, I like that Tim Gunn will ask that sometimes. Yeah, and I, you know, I really appreciated how when Mondo was in you know, the room with all the designers, he really, I felt like he almost emulated Tim Gunn. Like, he was there, you know, like, and I was, I was kind of surprised because I just didn't really seem to ever get that with Mondo because he's very, like, I'm going to win and I'm going to do that. Like, he's very focused focused and cutthroat. But with all of his team, he was just so nice and he guided them really gently and, you know. I think he respects the people he's working with. Right. Whereas Nick, I don't think he quite respects them because he's he's steering them constantly in the direction that he would go instead of saying, I, I like what you're doing, but I would do it differently. If you want to continue to do it your way, that's that's fine. To offer some some constructive criticism is one thing, but to completely shut down the person you're working with and tell them to go in another direction is something completely different. Right. Yeah, and you could see that later on as you see the designs on the runway. And maybe I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping the gun. (laughs) (laughs) So so we can we can go back to anything that you guys noticed at Mood. We we kind of skipped over that. We did skip over that. Did you notice anything at Mood? Did anything stand out to you with the fabrics that they were choosing? The only thing that really stood out to me was that Camilla was completely clueless. You know, she said she didn't know centimeters or inches, and she was just a lost little cookie monster in she, that she, just, she wasn't following the rules. you got to follow the rules on a show like this. I mean, she was trying to get her stuff together even after Tim was after saying, you're done, you're done. When, when Tim says you're done, you're done. Right. You, you just got to live with what you got. Yeah. That's it. 
And, you know, I don't think, I think because he's such a nice guy, like, they kind of take advantage of him a little bit, or try to, but I love that he's putting the smack down on these people, because, you know, we saw last episode where Isabella just kept sewing, and he was saying, no, 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 and she was just like, okay, I'm stopping, and she just kept sewing, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's nice to know that, you know, he is, he's not going to let him do that to him. And that's good. And that, that even goes for Nick, you see, at times. He, yes. He even puts the stop to Nick when he sees that he's crossing the line. He he pulls him back and says, no, you've gone too far. You've yeah. got to really understand your role as a mentor. Yeah, Tim Gunn even said that Nick was being a control freak and, a, and micromanaging the designers. And nobody likes to be micromanaged. That's like nobody. the worst thing you could ever have. Yeah. Ever. But, you know, it's great because Tim Gunn is now mentoring the mentors. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see it that way. But yes, yes. Yeah, and so I think I think you know we're going to see some really good things come out of it because as we get to the runway, we see what a disaster it is for for poor Nick. Um, oh well. Yeah. Well, hey, ma'am. So when we go through the workroom, they come back with their fabrics that they brought from Mood, and they they all have a different idea of what red carpet is all about. I mean. They do take this tour of Hollywood, so old Hollywood is definitely on their minds, especially looking at some of the sites like the Roosevelt Hotel where Marilyn Monroe lived and just different aspects of Hollywood. But I think some of the designers are are really um, trying to keep it current. What, well, what stood out to you? I mean, that's what they have to do because, you know, with this show, it's like who is going to be the next designer? It's not who can design something we've all seen before. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody can – any good designer can replicate a look. And so that's why when I was um, seeing – not, no, it wasn't Placo, it was Sam. I feel like Sam is just, like, in the know. Like, he knows exactly what, you know, young women want to wear on a red carpet to look cool, you know, like the Cara Delevingne's or the Rihanna's. Yeah. Like, those are the people that, they may not always be on the best dressed, but they're always noticed for what they're wearing. Well, I wrote down that Sam's look was definitely Miley Cyrus. Like, very hip, modern, and cool, like, like the girls that you mentioned. And he did tie in old Hollywood. He said Catherine Hepburn was the first woman to wear pants on the red carpet and he feels that that can be, you know, his red carpet moment because he he calls himself a ready-to-wear designer. However, when I heard him say that, I was like, Sam, you know that gowns are ready-to-wear too, certain gowns. Right. But what did you think when he talked about the pants and the jumpsuit? Well, it, it seems that those who can do gowns when they think red carpet, automatically go to the gown. But those who don't sort of hang back and sort of focus on their strengths while sort of playing up the red carpet feel. You know, so Uh you you end up with these sort of interesting things like what Sam comes up with. I believe he said he didn't have any any gown experience, really. So he was very much fretting this challenge, but he ended up coming out in a pretty good place for it. I'm not not giving away a finish. Right. Well, and the great thing about this challenge was not only were they going to have their look worn by a celebrity in Marie Claire, but they're also now getting $5,000. So that's a pretty pretty hefty sum of money. Just a sweet yeah. deal. Boy. Yeah. I don't think that they've ever given out just straight up cash money on Project Runway before. They've always had like, oh, well, we'll sell this on QVC. We'll sell this in Macy's. But yeah, this is a pretty sweet deal, especially because a lot of the time these designers have said, they, they didn't necessarily make money if the show sold their design at Macy's or something like that. Right. So this is a way for them to 
to continue on their path of becoming a great designer. They could have, they could have dispersed it, you know. Instead of giving just a $5,000 chunk to one person, you give, like, several people $1,000, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, then it wouldn't be as tough of a competition. I guess you're right. Yeah. Then... But I, I like the way you think, Hobo. <laughs> well, hey, I'm an outside-the-box kind of thinker, and we see a lot of that tonight, yes. don't we? Yes, we do. Okay, so while we are in the workroom, um, we see that Michelle's model comes back and her hips just do not seem to be fitting inside this pieced garment that she makes. And that is quite a conundrum for her. Well, and here's the thing. She had this model last time around, the very first right. episode. So we see the models are so, stuck with their designers. Yes, and so the fact that she had the same girl, she should already be aware of her measurements. It's not like her hips changed in a week. She did say she had the wrong measurements for her. No? Well, I think this is a common thing that happens with models' comp cards. Not to go on off on a tangent, but just to make this clear, the measurements on a model's card sort of stay the same, and it's your job to stay with those measurements. However, when it gets to a hip measurement, a lot of the time, it will be the <laughs> upper hip instead of the lower hip. The lower hip is around the booty, and that is a bigger measurement, and that is the widest part of the hip, and that's not always on the card. Usually, the card will have just around the hip bones. Side note: Why would that, they do that's that? unfortunate because it's easier to take in than let out. Yes, that's true, oh, very true. I did not realize that. Yes, easier to take in than let out. So, as a designer, you should probably err on the bigger side and then take in when the model comes. I mean, in your experience, would you? Yeah, that, I mean, that would make the most sense to me. Um, but, you know, he, she wasn't the only one that had this problem because, as we see, Shan made this really tailored um, jacket. <laughs> oh, oh. And, yeah. And then this model comes walking in with, like, double Ds and does not fit Okay, inside I don't know about jacket. double Ds. They were, they well, were for a solid. model, they look They were right. an upper C. Let's for say that an upper C. C. Okay, a C cup. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shan has this really cool-looking suit. However, I thought right away it looks like a 1970s disco costume party. Hey, that's and what I put. Are you serious? Seventies. Oh my god! It, it it was those crazy lapels. I it mean, was, yeah, and the checks. Oh my god! Well, I mean, the pattern the pattern was eye catching. I personally, I liked it because. He kept he kept what it was very simple while letting the pattern speak for itself. The pattern is, is ridiculously loud. You liked loud. it because you like looking at her boobs. It's, no, no, no. Okay. okay, boobs aside, I'm okay. looking at I'm trying trying to look at the outfit. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm okay, blocking, okay. blocking the boobs from my mind. He, the the outfit he went with was simple, which was great because the pattern was loud. So with they sort of balanced itself in being a simple idea with a very, very loud uh, fabric. I see what you're saying, and I, I like your thought on that. I also wanted to add that when I saw it coming down the runway, I really picture Janelle Monet wearing something like that. Do you know that singer? She's a recent cover girl model as well. But, yes, you guys, if you don't know who she is, she's a really talented R&B singer, and she has a habit of wearing, like, men's suits Oh, and her wait, hair in a big, I'm... like, pompadour. The pompadour, yes, yes, yes. I, I know her. And so she would really rock that on the red carpet. Nice. Well, I mean, it got Rachel Roy's approval. She said she yeah. was wanting to wear it right away. So, you know, can't be bad. Oh, yeah. I, I think that was really the only, other than Nick trying to sketch everything, drape everything, cut everything, I feel like those were the only two problems that we had in the workroom. Oh, my God. He was trying to do everything. I think, I think Nick, I think his heart was in the right place. 
but it came out as this micromanaging thing because I think he wants to win so much and he wants to prove himself so much and maybe he feels like he has a lot to prove because he was on Project Runway so long ago that he wants to show everyone what he can do but yeah I think it was very heavy-handed from what we could see on the show and that creates such friction with the other mentors too yeah Yeah. they really resent him being so hands-on with these with these young upstarts Mm -hmm. well because it just doesn't seem fair like if you are an expert in this and then you go and do half the work how is that fair to you know someone who just kind of sits back and lets their people do it well especially tim took nick aside and said you cannot draw and you cannot drape this is going to be part of the rules now. So maybe that wasn't clear when they started the show. <laughs> Nick didn't seem to be hearing much of any of that. He yeah. said, okay, okay. I but then try. went on to say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah, sure. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, when Mondo was critiquing Michelle in the workroom, back to that little red dress, what... What does a Hello Dolly moment mean? Do you guys know what he was talking about? I don't know what... The, I, know, I don't know. So is maybe Hello Dolly you, a movie? No, it's a musical. I know okay. that for darn sure. It's a musical, yeah. but musical. now for the life of me, I can't think of how the Hello Dolly mo- moment fits into the Hello Dolly music. I guess she she uh, uh, appears a, in, a, in, a, in a dress and it makes a statement, her appearance? I don't know. We're going to have to look that one up. Yeah, well, and if you guys know, let us know. Tell Please us. tell yeah, us. Because yeah. we are just clueless over here about that. But while you're telling us, make sure you go on iTunes and rate us and comment because we love your comments. We, you know, we do this show for you guys and we know you're just as excited about it as we are. So, you know, go ahead and let us know how we're doing. Give us the five stars and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, please. Um, okay, so moving along, anything else that stood out to you guys as the designers were working on their garments in the workroom? No, you know, I was just really excited to finally get into this episode. Um, yeah, with the 12 designers all together, yes, finally. Yes, everybody's all together. So we're just going to go straight to the runway. Yeah, sounds good. And, you know, so they tell us that our judges, so the way this is working, they're having, you know, we have the three mentors, but we also have three judges. And so the first one we have is Jen Raid. She is a the celebrity fashion stylist. Then, of course, um, we have Rachel Roy, fashion designer. And then we had, was it um, Jenna? Zana Roberts Rossi. Zana Roberts Rossi. Marie, Marie Claire, Claire, senior editor. Senior right? editor. Yes. So, and you know, the other great thing about the show is it is going fast. Like, there is not yeah. a moment spared, which well, is great. Because there are so many people on this show. They, <laughs> they can only give, like, two minutes to each person, and then the show's over. Yep. <laughs> I mean, really, we've got, so we've got 12 mentees, three mentors, three judges, and Tim Gunn. That's like 20 people at least. Well, and then don't forget Oscar at, oh the, my. at Mood. Oscar right. after Oscar, Oscar, Oscar De La Renta. <laughs> Sorry. Oscar De La Renta, the little dog. So cute. Okay, so the first look that we see coming out, well, the first four is Team Anya. Yes. And so we see... And I appreciated that they showed it as a team. I did too, because I was hurriedly trying to write down who they were on, and then it all ended up being Anya. So <laughs> yeah. that, that worked out. And I'm sure, Hobo, you appreciated that too, I, didn't I didn't you? realize I had to be a stenographer to be on this after <laughs> show. Very difficult. Okay, so right away we see Brady's look, and he comes down with a crop-printed dress oh. or, or two-piece oh, outfit. Oh, my God. Which, you know, I didn't mind it that much because it's very in, on trend. Like, everybody's wearing crop tops with pants. That's okay, just... it might be on trend, but the print was not. The print was very <laughs> 70s, like, almost like 
Austin Powers was made in 1999, and then when they would flash back to 1969, so it's like a 90s version of the 60s. It was just it was all just, wrong. It for was me. very watercolor, you know. It, that's what it sort of came off as just just somebody's watercolor painting on fabric. I, I didn't like it, and I didn't like what he did with it. I just wrote ugly in big letters. Yeah. I just wrote no. Okay. I was really not a fan. But, you know, I can see that he does have some decent construction skills. And I understand that it is hard to make a complete outfit in one day. And so he did achieve something good there. And that's why they kept him, I think, kept him around. Yeah. It wasn't the worst. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. So then we also see Blake, who he had this beautiful printed silk. And he, you know, he didn't want it to be too flowy, so he decided he was going to rip it up, and it came out gorgeous. The back of it was amazing. It was a really pretty halter that had a cross back. And I liked how the back was open, and it showed some skin, but it was still really tasteful. And this gown, as you said, it had the um, the edges of the silk. What, what do you call it? Unfinished edges? Mm-hmm. Basically just rip it. Oh, I love that technique. I think it really makes it edgy and fun and and cool and young, very young. So even even a celebrity that might be a little bit older could wear it to like maintain some youthfulness. Um, I'm trying to picture who I could picture so many people in that dress. For me, it was it was a good idea, but too much of a good thing does not work well. I mean, the front of it was <laughs> was just too much texture. Too it was much just too texture. much. Right, because of all the un- so. all the unfinished edges and the the diamond <laughs> pattern they were, it was just too much. You could have done half of that, and it would have been twice as impactful. I don't know. I I like that the visual interest was up top, and then the the bottom half of the dress was more simple. Well, it was very nicely tailored, mm-hmm. and I you know I think you know a lot of young celebrities could wear. It. Um, I feel like Julianne Huff for some reason is coming to my oh. mind. But she would look beautiful in it because she's like really tan, and then her blonde hair. Well, and this type of dress elongates the body too because it's like a column so it definitely can add length to stars that might not have that much height you know especially someone like Ava Longoria or Christina Aguilera it could really lengthen them or it would look great on a really tall celeb like Charlize Theron everyone I mean this is like a universal red carpet gown Yes, that's exactly what you think of when you think of red carpet. Mm -hmm. I do agree. It fit very well, but I'm I'm standing by what I said. That's good. You should stand by what you say. (laughs) Okay, so then next we have Nicholas, and he has this crazy black fringe dress, which, again, it's more like, you know, Grammy's look, but... yeah. It it wasn't memorable, it wasn't awful, it was just a black fringe dress. And the trick with dressing a celebrity for the red carpet, th- th- this is why I like Jen Raid being on the judging panel. Because she, as a stylist, is fielding dresses from a lot of different designers. And so they bring the celebrity several choices, and the celebrity and stylist work together to choose the best one. So when you're choosing something, you don't want it to be forgettable. And especially if you're a younger star that isn't as big of a name, you have to choose a color, a print, a texture, something that is going to pop on the red carpet that will show up in magazines either on the best or worst dress, something that you will remember. When you choose a simple black dress, I mean, you better be Angelina Jolie because otherwise it's going to be forgotten about. That's true. I agree. I like I like the concept of of the 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 simple dress with the fringe overlay, but going black on black is very difficult because you can't appreciate the fringe mm-hmm. and the movement. I appreciate your fringe. Thank you. I work very hard on what I do. 
So, I mean, if, if he went with a with contrasting colors, say a, a white dress with black fringe, then you could really appreciate the movement of the fringe. Exactly. In this case, you could really only appreciate the fringe on her legs. Because her legs mm-hmm. were white, the fringe was black, and you could then really see it. It was better on the runway in a fashion show than it would be on a red carpet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is a cute dress, but it was playing it safe. It was. I totally agree. And lastly, rounding out Team Anya, we have Shan. We already talked about his black and white pantsuit. It looked great. It was a lot of clavage. <laughs> clavage. Clavage. Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, clavage and then some. And then so some. So now we go to Mondo's team. And who's yep. up first? And so first we have Sam. And like I said, we already discussed this, but the texture of it was just so pretty. It was a really nice silvery sheen to it. And it just looked fun. Like, I would want to wear it, even though that's not my style. But, you know, it's like, you know you're going to look really cool if you're wearing that outfit. Well, a jumpsuit is either a hit or a miss every single time. Absolutely. And this was definitely a hit. It, it fit the model perfectly, and it was very uh, contemporary. And... This is the kind of jumpsuit that you could really wear in any season, depending on the accessories. Um, you could dress it up, dress it down. Was it a wool fabric? It looked like a wool. It, it had some texture to it. It wasn't quite wool, but it, okay. it had a, a rough sort of texture. Yes. So I, I would be interested to find out. I'm sorry, I did I did not catch that fabric, so maybe we can find out on Lifetime's website, or you guys can let us know. Um, but I thought it was it was very... Cool, and I was impressed. I did not like it at first in the workroom. I did not. I wasn't so sure about his idea, but I loved it on the model. This jumpsuit to me just looked like fancy overalls. That's what, that's exactly <laughs> what they are. They are like the fanciest of overalls. That but they're so comfy I've never too. Are they, looked at it like that? Let, let me okay. Let me know if this is out of bounds, ladies. But how do you how do you go to the bathroom in a jumpsuit? Well, hopefully, you just can slip it down. All the yeah. way, you have to get completely undressed in a bathroom stall to relieve yourself? Yep. It just sounds insane. It's worth it for the red carpet look. Then you just deal with it the rest of the night. I I, <laughs> I certainly hope it is. I mean, if this jumpsuit is catchy enough, yes, I guess getting well, all to... undressed to go to the bathroom is worth the uh, trouble. Got to take it easy on the liquids, that's all. <laughs> yep, exactly. Just watch the intake. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Okay, so next we have Asha, and she had this cream dress. It had some cutouts, but to me it just looked like a really awful, starchy muslin material. Thank you. I agree. And for those of you listening, a lot of you have heard us recap and talk about muslin. I don't know if you guys all know what that means. Muslin is the type of fabric that you would use as a designer when you're not creating in the real fabric yet. You want to save money. You don't want to waste your nice, expensive silks and linens. So... You go to a muslin, and it's the same color of, like, just blah. Cream. It's like Cream. the, the most yeah. boring manila folder color you could imagine. Yeah, and I, I wrote that I just, I thought it looked really cheap. The fit was just okay. I I think the top part of the dress, I have to say, was more interesting, but I just wish it was a different color. And then when you got to the bottom half, it was a crazy length where it ended it, it wasn't like a full-on gown. It wasn't like a mini. It was just a strange hanging piece of fabric on the back. It was it was asymmetrical to the max. Nothing <laughs> about this dress was the same on both sides. Right. Like nothing at all. Like he went out of his way to try and make this dress completely off. She. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, she. she. <laughs> but, it, but I, but, you know, 
sometimes that can be a good thing, but I think the worst thing was there was no flow to it. The fabric was just so stiff. stiff. If it could have moved, maybe, you know, but you just don't ever want to look like you, like you're just so uptight in it. And I know they do have a set budget of $200 at Mood, but some people manage to make that $200 look a lot more expensive than others. And this, this fabric was just a poor choice. I mean, you have... You have so many things to choose from at a fabric store, and this is what you go to. Some people have a great ability of making two dollar two or two hundred dollars look like two million dollars. There are some people who make two hundred dollars look like two cents, and I think that's what we have a, a really clear <laughs> case of here. You have yeah. cheapened that two hundred dollars to such a degree. And I think I think in the future she should trust. Mondo more to guide her with the fabrics. Right, but unfortunately we saw they didn't get to go with them to Mood because That's Nick right. was already getting a little too hands-on and Tim was not having it. So, you know, maybe moving forward he can educate her on, you know, like go for this fabric over this one if you're wanting something flowy like that. She mm-hmm. does live another day, so she'll she, get a chance for that. Hey, we haven't told them yet. Oh. We saved that for the end, but that's okay. But th- that's well, okay. all the same. Spoilers. <laughs> so, um, and next up was Michelle, and like we said, she had that red um, cutout dress. You know, I immediately saw the red diamond crotch. That's all I could look at, because it was like a darker sheen of fabric, even though it wasn't. She must have... Did she you know, use, like, the opposite side of I, the same fabric? I think that's what happened, because, okay. you know, she had the whole one red fabric. It was just... I mean, I think she would have done better to make the top half more of the visual interest and the bottom just simpler because she had trouble with the fit. Um, she said her her model was a different size than she originally thought, but she made her dress last time just fine, the black and gold, so I don't know what the deal was. She's already had the same model before. Why was it such a problem? Well, I think, like, I mean, I think the measurement is what, like, immediately screwed her up. And then because of the way that she sewed it, when she moved one piece, she had to move all the other pieces because they were a puzzle. So if I were a designer, I don't know if they're allowed to do this, but I think the first day you have the model, if you think that you might have the model stick around, I would take measurements. And make it well, I mean, they do, yeah. do, they do do that. But, I mean, just, I mean, stuff happens. And, you know, like, models have to leave for unexpected reasons and they could get other models. So Yeah, they could have another job or something. They they could. You yeah. never know. So But but back to the dress, it I thought it was a little bit just all over the place. Like she didn't have a clear idea. It was just like I'm just going to make a red dress. See, I I feel I feel the opposite of that. Oh. I feel like it really it had structure and it had an idea, but the way she executed the idea didn't quite work because she didn't get the measurements correctly. Well, okay. That's just how I feel about it. <laughs> because I, I, I like that it was it was a solid color and that you, you had to pay attention to the details. I, but That's see, what I liked. When it was all one color, you saw all the mistakes. It wasn't the worst dress. We'll just no. you guys no. can fight that one to the death. No. I will fight. I don't like that dress. Okay. Okay. So next we have Camilla, and she had a really pretty flowy dress. It was white in the front, black in the back. It it just wasn't memorable. I don't know about really pretty. It was pretty. It wasn't. It was okay. Awful. She looked like a black and white cookie, like an Oreo. Kind of, no, With, no, like like top. one of those one of those cookies that's half black and half white. Not even an Oreo. A what? Yes, I know what you're talking moon about. Pie. Moon, moon pie? pie. I guess yeah, kind of moon pie. If you can turn that into an okay, adjective. Okay, this is the kind of dress that would work as just a pretty little dress to wear around town. It's not a red carpet dress. 
Well, you know, and she was one that had all these excuses. Oh, so she was yeah. like, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. She didn't get, she had $25 left to spend at Mood. Maybe that's where the rest of her dress was. I don't know. <laughs> I, but... don't, I don't think $25 would have helped this much. And I think I think the problem is she starts talking about all the, the details on the back, but the front gets, like, no love. Everybody sees you coming. They don't really pay attention when you walk away. <laughs> you should bring make the details on the front and let the back speak for itself. Well, excellent point, Hobo. Good, I, good I point. agree. And, I mean, she starts talking about triangles and rhombus shapes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because we all, when we pick out a dress, we want to look like a rhombus. Of course. I don't think so. Everybody loves geometry. Isn't that the case? <laughs> She wants you to do math while you wear her dress. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Oh, Camilla. So after this whole team of Mondos wraps up, they immediately show a little snippet of Nick saying, well, clearly they don't know what red carpet is because (sighs) none of these looks are red carpet looks. So he's already thrown out the attitude that he's going to win this thing. Yeah. Which... Once these, once his looks start coming down the runway, I'm just thinking this is all Nick's designs. Like there's no, there's no way around it. Like it's these like, look like they are from his collection. Well, they do, they do lean that that way for sure. And I think that they look like you know, okay, guys, now it's your turn to make dresses for me that I'm gonna show. Right. It's gonna. It, this is like Nick Vario's designs by Isabel, Natalia, Stephanie, and Oscar. Yep. Like. Like, they work for him as a team. But, again, I think this was, like, the first, of course, the first challenge where they had all the um, teams set up. So it was a learning experience. And, I, you know, I think, again, he definitely put too much of a heavy hand into that. But as we see, the designers did make beautiful dresses out of it for the most part. Well, I mean, hopefully they would. They're, I mean, that's what their challenge is, is to make these looks. But, but they see, all went with a gown. Right, because that's, that's, that's Nick's Nick influence. Would do. Yeah, they weren't exactly. making their, their pieces for the judges. They were making them for Nick. Nick right. first, Good and point. then the judges. Good right, point. which, I mean, the whole thing of this was supposed to be their interpretation of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So anyways, right away we see Isabella's look. And, you know, I loved the color of this gold dress. It just looked really expensive. The it fabric did. was really nice. The only thing I hated was this cowl neck collar. I just thought it was a little too much up top. When you, you know, if it would have just been a little bit more simple, it would have looked stunning. I liked it better from the back than from the front. When she turned around and I saw that open back, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. I wrote gold goddess sexy. Wow. That's a <laughs> yeah. lot of fine descriptors. Oh, adjectives? Adjectives. I mean, yeah. descriptors are adjectives. <laughs> All the same. I, I, I liked the piece when I, when I looked at it, but uh, it, it just sort of lacked memorability. I just uh, really, yeah. It just seemed to be well. That's nice, and now on to the next one. Next, okay. You I remember, you saying. remember the best, and you remember the worst, and you remember the different. This was it's none just, of the above. We, we've seen it before. Like exactly. we've seen a gold dress before that was silky and moved. Okay, so on to the next, <laughs> Natalia. So okay. Natalia's dress came around the corner, and I was blown away. Yes, it was so chic, and it had this beautiful collar, but. We've seen it before. Like, we've seen it on a best dress list. It's a beautiful black dress. It did. Speaking of Angelina Jolie, I know I already brought her up, but this is very Angelina. That high slit on the one side, it was like her Oscar moment a couple years ago when she stuck her leg out. That was definitely of that caliber, should I say? Under the gun. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was very, very sexy. But, you know, looking back through the episode, we saw Nick was draping. He was out there actually making the pattern pieces for her. So He I was mean, doing yes, origami Na- at one point. Natalia, that's right. He was really down on the ground with this pattern. Yeah, and so I'm sure Natalia really had something great cu- cooked up. So hopefully next week we'll get to see what it is. Because, you know, the fact that she could execute, I mean, she did execute it on her own. So the fact that she could do that, it leaves me with a lot of high hopes. But I was just, you know, very sad that it was unfortunately Nick's, one of Nick's babies. Well, I definitely prefer this to the one she made last time. That tiny, like, mini, 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 mini dress. Oh, yes. That was their first time working with all the I know, I know. Okay, that's all right. I give her a break because this was so much better. Okay, next up was Stephanie. And all I have was awful flat green dress. That was the ugliest thing I have seen. And I cannot believe you didn't go home. I can't believe she didn't go home either. I thought this was really bad. I, When it came down th- the runway, I literally wrote, oh, no. Oh, crap. Horrid draping. What? I, I just didn't know what to think. It was just so bad on top of ba- I mean, it was a bad color choice with that fabric. Whatever fabric she picked was like a heavier silk. It looked it looked heavy. It looked like taffeta. It looked yeah. just like a bad prom dress from the 80s. Well, and even the judges said from the neck up it looks like a 13-year-old virgin and from the bottom it looked like a grandmother. Old lady. That's brutal. Just brutal. Has anybody ever said that about you with your looks? I don't no, think so. No, never. Look they, at those tassels. They always the... say you always do the most with what you've got. That's it. That's that's truly the trick. Stephanie could take, take some advice from you. Right. You take a little. <laughs> you take a little bit. And you make it into something great. Just through hard work. That was not the case with this dress. There was too much and then not enough work put into it. It was overworked. In my mind, this dress was the green monster. <laughs> I mean, it, it almost took down the model. It looked like it glommed onto her and was trying to pull her away. <laughs> some sort of swamp thing. <laughs> Swamp thing. Now that one I like. Yes, that's exactly what it was. This is the swamp thing red carpet gown. (laughs) Yep. Oh my god. Okay, so lastly we have Oscar and Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't know. I just wrote down green dress. I wrote down Emerald Princess. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Now maybe I like it because like it's weird. We went from one horrible green dress to one incredible green dress. So green is not a bad color choice. It just depends how you use the fabric and the type of fabric the green is in. And this was the right kind of uh, weight of a dress. Well, and I think you would look exceptionally well in a green dress like that because of your hair color. Green looks really good on redheads. Maybe so I yeah, think maybe that I that's personally... probably why you are. Well, and we yeah. we all know from day one you were Team Nick, so it's okay. Yeah, but I am willing to look at it objectively because I I do adore Nick and I adore his designs. But yes, I think you're right. I mean, the show is saying all the right things that he is, you know, a little bit too far with working with them. But, you know, more will be revealed. Yep. And there's always editing. And I still love Nick. And I think, I think, no, I think that you can't take away. You can't take away from what he's done. What he does is great, but how he's influencing people. I think it'll be interesting. Interesting to see if he listens to Tim. I hope he does. And then we we'll all see what do. Happens. But I yeah. kind of hope he doesn't. Because all at the funny. same time, it's a funny show you, that you way. like the friction. I love it. Yeah, you like the drama. I love so it. So then we get to these names that Tim Gunn calls out, and we don't know what's going to happen with them. But he calls out Camilla, Sam, Michelle. Shan, Blake, and Stephanie, he said, you guys are the highest and the lowest scores, and everyone else is safe and go back to the lounge. 
Yep. And so right away, I was, or like, as I was looking over my list, I was like, hmm, that only leaves one for Team Nick. I wonder who is it's going to be. And then it was Stephanie's The Ugly Dress, and I'm thinking, yes, he doesn't have anybody, and... <sighs> I know, it's a little evil, but I can't help it. He was such a little brat this episode that I didn't want him to win. Well, they were all, I think they were a little bit afraid of giving him a win when he so clearly inspired them, yeah. past inspiration to, you know, do as I say. But I mean, when, okay, so then it goes down to the top, which were Blake, Shannon, Sam, and I really don't think that any of his looks were better than those looks. I think those were the top three, because not only was it them as a person, but they were really beautifully executed. I agree. The thing is, with evening gowns, I mean, you really have to wow these photographers, these fashion commentators, because we have seen so many evening gowns that are the same thing over and over and over and over. And when you see, like, a pretty black dress with a high slit walk down the red carpet, you're just going to yawn. Well, and you can find that on the rack anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just not memorable. And the challenge wasn't make an evening gown. The challenge was make a red carpet look. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, um, we see it go to the win went to Sam. And I wasn't surprised. With the jumpsuit. With the jumpsuit. And then the bottom three ended up being Michelle, Camilla, and Stephanie. And they sent home Camilla, and I think it really is because she had so many excuses. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And I also feel like her dress, I mean, if you were going to dress a celebrity in any of those dresses, at least the other ones were more entertaining, interesting. Hers was just really dull, and you would just, you would never get that dress published in anything. Nope. It's not even a worst. It's just a, it's there. Not even memorable. No. Okay, so now we are going to switch it back to you, Amanda, for some news and gossip. What do you have for us this week? All right, guys. I have some news and gossip for you. So, as many of you know, Michael Costello has been dressing many a red carpet diva. And I am very excited for him. Beyonce wore his gown on the Grammy Awards red carpet last week. And for those of you who don't know who Michael Costello is, he is a Project Runway alum. Yes, he was on Project Runway Season 8. He also was on a season of Project Runway All-Stars. He is from Palm Springs, California. And he has designed dresses for the Palm Springs elite for years. But now all the celebrities are flocking to him because he's become more of a name from Project Runway. So... If you would like to see the beautiful pictures of Beyonce, if you didn't catch her in it already, go to his Instagram, which is at MichaelCostello31. You will see it's a beautiful white rosette dress that has some nude cutouts giving the illusion of nakedness here and there. (laughs) Yeah, it was an absolutely gorgeous dress. I mean, for all of you fashionistas out there, I am sure you've seen it because you couldn't I mean it was unforgettable and there's also another Project Runaway alum that is designing for some pretty famous people right now one of my favorites Joshua Christensen he just designed a custom jacket for Imagine Dragons lead singer so you can actually see that on Dan Reynolds you can find it on his Instagram as well and that's Joshua J. Chris Ooh, thank you for adding that too yeah I love that Project Runway and hopefully Under the Gun as well, has produced designers that are relevant to the red carpet scene and to, you know, celebrities and fashionistas all over the world. 
Okay, so that pretty much wraps it up, you guys. Um, what do you have for predictions? Your After Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> what do you think, Hobo? Who do you think might be in trouble next week? I don't know. If if Nick keeps going the way he's going, I see them just basically blocking him off the show. I mean, I wonder from this week how much the judges knew about how heavy his hand was in their work, and that's why he really didn't get any picks on the show. So they may just kind of block him out if he doesn't get himself under control. But I, there's something about Mondo, the way Mondo mentors, that really tells me that he's going to get people to, to go in the right direction, and he's going to be in this, this show for the long haul. Oh, those are some good thoughts. What do you think, Virginia? I completely agree with you. I think Mondo did an excellent job with all of his people. Even though Camilla was one to go, I think, um, you know, Sam really took what he said to heart because, that, I mean, that's what it inspired him. He said, Mondo said, what do you think of? And, you know, that was perfect for him. And, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to the winners are going to be Sam and Blake. Wow. Okay. So that's your prediction that's for some of the, the top win. designers? Yeah. Well, okay. So we saw this week that there were several designers that were in trouble. But I think uh, I think Michelle could be the next one to go. Michelle or Stephanie, just because of their workmanship and their sewing skills and the way that they're finishing everything, it just didn't look like they knew how to manage their time very well. Yeah, and we see um, next week's episode, they actually, it's called Vampire Land, and it's going to get a little crazy up in there. They have, like, a nighttime challenge. It looks um, like a graveyard it, at FIDM. It does, but it's just the park. <laughs> it's going to be safe. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited to see what they have to come. All right. So that wraps it up for us, guys. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TrueHobo. And you can find me, Amanda Fields, on Twitter and Instagram at The Runway Queen. And you can find me at Virginia Reina. And on Tuesday nights, I also do Cougar Town, so be sure to check that out. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.